This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. My brain's shut down. It's the heat. It's melted alongside everything else. Oh. I mean, do you remember the days, Jenny, when it was like, when it was 30 odd plus degrees, I'd be like, oh yes, this is my time. I'd be out there, midday sun, slathered in oil, going down the pub. Now, the th- anything over 30 is, I mean, I want to be locked in an un- underground air conditioned bunker. It's terrifying. Yeah, you've always been a sun worshipper, whereas as I've got older, I've kind of gone, mm, I quite like the shade. And I quite like, you know, like September when it's sunny but not oh, that yeah. warm. Like, give me that. Yeah. But you've always liked the baking hot sun. You are a sun worshipper, but different with a baby, isn't it? <laughs> different. Well, I think since having a dog, that prepared me initially. Now a baby and now just general, like, you know, being caked in sweat. No, not for me. And we're not prepared in this country. It is. I mean, you could be listening to this at any point in case you're listening to this months in advance. This is in the middle of the, um, where are we? July 22 heat wave i mean they think it might be 40 next weekend that is no, that's disgusting it, has it ever been 40 no in the uk does it make you really scared about climate change because you're yes. like well we, i could i, I well I, it's really dangerous it's horrible i mean dogs are one thing poor peggy sue with a thick black fur but babies it is actually a real concern i mean don't know about you but well we've been messaging like what what's bear wearing tonight what's eden wearing <laughs> Um, because it's just, oh my goodness, I think I can see rain. Oh, I've never been so happy. Is that rain? Uh, sorry, that that just threw me. I might cry. Um, Thank you, angels. <laughs> well, we're at the age where we go, the gardens are glad of it. Oh, they are. I'm glad of it. Do you know what my favourite part of today was? Um, in this blistering heat, she was booked into her first baby sensory class, which I was quite excited about because I thought, all well, that'll wear her out. And you know Lovely. what it's like trying to get somewhere for time? The time was, we had to be there at 12.45. Mm-hmm. It was a six-minute car journey, but she screamed so badly in the first few minutes. I pulled over for a feed, Aww. and I was like, "Oh, this bloody class better be worth it." Anyway, we got there, and I thought, "This is weird. They look like they're packing away." And I was the only person there, and I said, "Oh, this doesn't look like it's happening." She went, "No, we cancelled. Did you not get the email?" No, because you didn't send it to me. Oh no, and I know that trying to get somewhere on a certain time with a newborn—it is just impossible. I think she felt the rage burning through my eyes into her skull. But I was like, <laughs> I, do you know what? I felt like just crying and going, I think you you probably have kids. You probably know how hard it was for me to get here. Yeah. Um, and you feel like saying, but what do I get for making it here? Because I feel like there should be a prize. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this can't just be it. Yeah, I and mean, I was looking forward to it. I thought, oh, she'll get really into it. And it, like you said, it really tires them out. I thought, brilliant. Yeah. But no, we had a ter- terrible journey. Then we were stuck oh. in a car park in 34 degree heat. We ended up nipping into a co-op just to walk around the aircon. Um, oh, so there yeah. was that. <laughs> well, well done for getting there on time. I've not yet. I've been late 
twice to our classes and I, the last time I was walking in like the doors are shut and I know everyone's in there and I can hear like wind the bobbin up coming from the hall <laughs> as I'm walking up to, and I just said to Beth you're gonna have to get used to this with me because I'm <laughs> we're just gonna be those people that are it's always tricky. late there's surely gonna be early and late arrivals with those kind of classes but um yeah oh dear but have you been okay other than that you're bearing up in the heat um as mm, yeah sure as okay as we can be it's that funny thing i took it for a walk in his nappy and that that's just they look so just vulnerable in just their nappy with their little bodies yeah and he was in his pram on a too walk clammy for me as well like, i couldn't handle the yeah. clamminess and then yeah i put him to sleep one night in just his nappy but then woke up in the middle of the night and i checked on him and his skin felt really cold so i had to like get him in a vest baby grow and try not to wake him luckily we got through that but the fear of like, oh my God, don't wake, don't wake, don't wake. And then, yeah, every other night we've just been messaging, haven't we? Like, what, yeah. well, what are you doing? <laughs> well, what are you doing? Oh, it's tricky, tricky times. But we'll, um, we'll get through. Who knew we would look forward to rain? God, I cannot wait. Um, I think that rain lasted literally two seconds if it even was rain. Maybe I imagined it. I'm just that. It's Maybe, a mirage. Well, yeah, it's a mirage. I'm doing that thing where you hallucinate. Um, anyway, right, we're welcome. there. <laughs> we're there. Welcome to Two New Mums. Um, yeah, we thought for this episode, because we've been having so many, um, so many chats in our DMs, haven't we, Jenny? Like, it's lovely. Yeah. Nice little yeah. mum community we've got going on over there. Instagram, Two New Mums Podcast. Um, we had a lot of people, because we said how much we love hearing a birth story now. We had so many of you sharing yours that, um, we decided, well, why don't you ping them over and we'll share them? Because I think when you're pregnant, you do want to hear birth stories or, or even when you've had a baby. Even more yeah. so, actually. I just love listening through them. So um, you've got in touch with a load of yours and we thought we'd put them all together. And they're all um, pretty short story. M- most of them are two minutes, aren't they, Jenny? I think most are two minutes. Some people went over, but I get it because you, you you like talking about your births. So they're really good. There's um, it's a parent with a cleft baby. There's quite a few preeclampsia um, people. So exactly what I had. But what's great is of all of them you're about to hear not one is the same not one is the same at all remotely I thought do you know what I found um, interesting so it was Sophie and another lady talking about this mooing which is something Mm. I never experienced which I've heard so many people talking about when they're in labor they start mooing and I just (laughs) think it's so funny like such an odd thing but so many people sort of experience it Um, yeah and she also like you ended up in a in the hospital in a crocs which I thought was quite funny. But yeah, you just, it's quite nice to know that your experience is often very similar to someone else's. So we thought we'd uh, put them all together for you to enjoy. Yeah, and if you want to get in touch with yours or anything else at any point, like Amy says, to New Mums Podcast on Instagram, feel free, followers, drop in our DMs. And while you're enjoying these stories, if you're listening on like Apple Podcasts, just give us a five star review. That'd be Please. lovely. Please, that really helps. But yeah, enjoy these stories. They're brilliant. Hi, so my name's Maria um, and I've got a four and a half month little boy called Oliver um, or Ollie. Um, So our birth story like started off like any others um, as a week overdue. um, And actually three people who were due after me all had their babies before me, which obviously um, gets very frustrating. for the actual birth, I wanted a water birth, um, but obviously when I was in actual labour, I just wasn't interested in that, and um, it didn't go to plan in that respect, and the fact that I actually ended up in theatre having forceps, um, just because he was 
stuck <laughs> and wouldn't come out. Um, the bit for us that really didn't kind of go to plan or pitched how I thought it would be at all. Um, so after he was born, we were told that he had a cleft palate and this wasn't something that um, we were aware of at all because obviously it's inside his mouth and that he had Pierre Rabanne, um sequence as well. Um, so because of that, he actually spent two weeks in NICU um, and when he came home, he was actually still tube fed um, and um, we still, I'm still to this day, are having to do sleep studies um, and he actually ended up going back into hospital um, and then about a couple of weeks after he came home and he came back out again this time on oxygen um, just because of his saturation levels. Um, obviously, like Jenny, we, we weren't able to breastfeed. Um, so we've had to use the Dr. Brown bottles as well. Um, and we've just started our weaning journey as well, um, which is really interesting blessing because when he coughs or sneezes with it, it comes out of his nose. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit of a learning curve for us. But um, obviously now wouldn't change it at all for the world, but very overwhelming to begin with, but obviously worth it. Thank you. My name is Kat and my birth story is, like most probably, not straightforward at all. I had the absolute joy of being called a geriatric mother, which means I was booked in for an induction, but my waters broke before. So I had that moment of like, oh my God, it's happened, it's happened, my waters have broke. And I totally visioned this kind of wonderful movie experience of you go in and then the baby arrives and it's all lovely. Uh, what actually happened is I ended up in quick fit getting my air conditioning fixed because they sent us home and clearly that was the most important thing to do. Uh, next day, contraction started, ended up now in MAU with that lovely, like, feeling like the worst pain you've ever felt in your life. And they're like, would you like a paracetamol? Um, there was no bed, so I literally laid on the bed all night doing my yoga breathing. My yoga breathing was an absolute treat. Got through that, moved into a labour ward because everyone else was being cheeky and having babies at the same time. And then finally got onto the gas and air. That was just immense. Gas and air is your biggest friend ever. So went through like everything possible trying to get this boy out. Didn't know he was a boy at the time. Pushing and pushing and pushing. Nothing's happening. Everyone's doing all that. Come on, you've got this. Finally, after like literally 10 doctors, one comes in and says, oh, actually he's breech. Thanks for telling me. Wasted my time there. So this mat, all this team comes in and starts telling you all of these like, so you might get paralysed and uh, it is possible that you will never have loose use of your legs again. And the gas and air has made you like completely off your face. So I'm trying to concentrate whilst actually just laughing at everything everyone's saying. Um, eventually, epidural goes in, rushed into theatre. I'm looking up and at this point now, gas and air's well and truly kicked in and I'm thinking, oh, look at the pretty lights. So just about ready to go, everybody's scrubbed up in theatre and I just say, hang on a minute, everybody, can you stop? <laughs> and I don't know why I did this, but I literally said, can you tell me your name? I feel like you could be quite important. So good old Joe, the surgeon, told me his name. So after a very, very brief moment, Harry arrived. Um, I pr uh, passed out, as you do. Woke up with Matt, my husband, having had a chance to cuddle him first. Not fair. We then spent a week in NICU, but we got home very, very broken, but very in love. It is all worth it, isn't it? Hi, I'm Jill. 
I'm 40 years old and I'm a first-time mum to Albie, who's eight weeks old. When I got pregnant, the thing I was most anxious about was the birth, so I just blocked it out until I had to deal with it. As the time drew closer, I thought I needed to do some research, so my boyfriend and I did an online hypnobirthing course. Albie took a while to enter the world. I was a week late, so agreed to a sweep. I was pretty relaxed about my birth plan. I just wanted as little invention as possible and really didn't want to be induced. The day after my sweep, I started bleeding, so I had to go to the hospital for a checkup. Unfortunately, I had high blood pressure, so they admitted me to the antenatal ward and wanted to put me in to be induced, the one thing I didn't want. After a very emotional day, I was admitted that evening with a plan to be induced the following morning. Finally, we were taken to the delivery suite at 5.30pm the next day to be induced. It was a very calm and surreal experience walking into the room I was going to give birth in. As we arrived, we were given tea and toast. We were asked what aroma we would like for our diffuser and we got settled into our room. I was assessed by the midwife and to my surprise, I was four centimetres dilated. The midwife also brought my waters. I was really anxious about the contractions being super intense with the induction, though the drip was started and I sat on my birthing ball while my boyfriend put on our playlist. Simon created the playlist and my only request was that it was really upbeat to keep my endorphins up. We sat listening to the music and chatting to our lovely midwife for a couple of hours. No contractions or pain just yet. The midwife kept asking me if I was feeling anything, but I wasn't. Then she said I was having contractions, as she could see on the monitor. After a while, I started feeling the contractions and I focused on my breathing from the hypnobirthing course. Once they got more intense, I had some gas in there. A few hours later, I felt the urge to push. The midwife assessed me and I was 10 centimetres dilated. I couldn't believe that I had achieved this with just gas and air. I then started pushing. My boyfriend and my midwives were amazing and got me through what was quite a long time. Albie's head then arrived to Rocket Man by Elton John. He was finally born at 2.22am and it was the most amazing feeling, a mixture of relief and such happiness that we had a baby boy. The sex of our baby we kept as a surprise during the pregnancy. The birth was such a positive experience, even though it was very stressful in the lead up to it. But the Hitman birthing techniques helped me achieve this and understand exactly what your body is going through. Giving birth is quite a traumatic but amazing experience. In those first few hours, I truly felt like a warrior and that I could achieve anything in life. Hello, Amy and Jenny. My name's Lucy and I had my daughter Edie in December 2019. Uh, like Jenny, I had preeclampsia and I had been diagnosed with it from about 26 weeks, I think. Um, I also had a white coat and would get quite high blood pressure when I just went for like a midwife appointment. And I thought, that's all this is, that's all the... Um, the high blood pressure is but my midwife was concerned and so sent me to hospital and I had lots of checks and I had been given some blood pressure um medication to sort of bring it down um and then it, it obviously wasn't going down so I went into hospital every other day for monitoring and the sort of conclusion was that if my blood pressure didn't sort of stabilize and um, 
And if, you know, Edie's growth slowed down, then she would obviously come early. And we weren't really sure how early that would be, but it turned out that she would come 36 weeks on the dot. So that was the 12th of December 2019, which is also the day before my birthday. So I was was 30 and 364 days when I had her. Um, 365 days? I don't even know what the math is. Anyway, um, yeah, so she arrived via a c-section they asked me if i wanted to be induced and i said no um she was really small she was only four pounds 14 when she was born and so i didn't want to put her through you know an attempt at a natural vaginal birth when actually like oh would she have been strong enough for that i don't know if she would have and if I could help her in any way, then that's what I was going to do. So I had a cesarean. Um, the epidural was incredible. And there was a point where he was like, can you feel this leg? <laughs> I was like, I can't feel anything. Uh, the anaesthetist, I mean. Um, and um, it was just it was just incredible how quickly like it worked. And, you know, I didn't... It was It was sort of planned, but also... An emergency in the way that it happened so on the day they said oh you're gonna have your baby today okay um and i live in leeds and so we were in one hospital in leeds and they only had beds for us in transitional care because Edie was going to be small um so we had to go to another hospital on the other side of the city and um i had to go in an ambulance and i didn't feel ill i just didn't you know i didn't think i needed that kind of <laughs> treatment so i had to go on like a stretcher it was a lot, but it was totally worth it um, to get there and to get her out um, safely. And I remember those first couple of days being a total blur. Um, trying to just like get up was impossible. And I went for a shower, I think the day after she was born. She was born at like 6pm at night and I went for a shower the next afternoon, maybe. And I had to have a sit down halfway through the shower because I was so exhausted. And in hindsight, I probably didn't need to go like that quickly. I could have waited a bit longer, but I was like, I must shower, I must be clean. Um, and then we had a week in hospital and um, my husband was able to stay, which was amazing and really helped because, you know, I just couldn't couldn't get up um, to, to pick Edie up out of the cot or anything. And she had jaundice and had to go into the like, special light thing, um, which, you know, now I think being not exhausted, I would have been totally fine with. But it absolutely broke my heart seeing her in that little cot with the, um, the UV light. It was unbelievable. And I think actually I'd held in quite a lot of emotion around getting her here. And it all came out during um, her little light show that they have to do while they um, have the jaundice treatment. Um, so, you know, these things, these things happen. And I'm listening to your current episode at the moment, which is what's prompted me to chat for far too long. Um, and I just wanted to say that the mum guilt, it does go. It does. You know, you've, when you've got a solid community around you, of people who will happily come and help you out. You've got to take those opportunities to go out and have a cuppa on your own, go to the gym, go to the cinema, go for a meal, 
and just kind of remember who you are. Um, it's not as easy as I've made it sound, I promise, but it is worth it and it will give you that bit of sense of like who you are and you'll enjoy being around your kids just that little bit more than you already do because you had experiences away from them. And now Edie is two and a half. I'm just really grateful to have had those opportunities even with a bloody pandemic in the middle of it all. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that you're both doing amazingly well and to never think of anything otherwise. Um, lots of love. My name's Erin. This is my birth story. Um, so my waters broke at about 5am on the Friday and then I went into the hospital because they told me to go in to be checked over and I hadn't started contractions or anything so they just sent me home and then the contractions start coming through the day and by about 10 o'clock at night I was in a lot of pain so I rang them and they said I wasn't in enough pain so I had to wait and then I rang them again at 1 and I could barely move at this point so they were like okay come in so I went in and then they checked me over and were like you're only two centimetres dilated, you can go home. And I was like, I'm not going home. So I made them give me something and I had a little sleep. But every contraction I was waking up. By half six, I woke up with the need to push. So I just started pushing. And they checked me and I was nine centimetres dilated. And then I think I was pushing for two hours. And then he finally came out at half eight. And then the placenta didn't want to come out, so I ended up lying with the placenta just inside me for about four hours before I went to theatre, where they took the placenta out. We are using an epidural after I'd done the birth with just gas and air, which was useless. I just kept throwing that on the floor, so that was pretty annoying. But yeah, it was quite an easy birth really, apart from the placenta. Hi, so my name is Danny. Uh, I'm in a same-sex marriage with a wonderful lady called Nadia. Um, I'm going to try and keep it brief and describe our birth story. So our first son, Luca, he's eight now. He was born at 7.31am on Tuesday the 8th of April 2014. Um, he was as near as damn it to two weeks overdue. But labour started at around 7pm on Sunday, the 6th of April. Uh, we were going to Moulton Birthing Centre. That was our birth plan. Going in a nice pool, easy life, have the baby. At the birthing centre, you get to stay there for a few days after on the ward to make sure you're okay with uh, breastfeeding and everything's going okay or formula feeding, changing, just getting general assistance. Um, we visited a couple of times, fell in love with the place. Uh, we chose Leicester Royal if there was an emergency and we needed to go. Um, seven o'clock, the contraction started on the Sunday. Very, very painful. Uh, getting closer and closer together. We eventually travelled over to the birthing centre later that a lot later that evening. Um, contractions were as far apart as we were told to, for them to be apart. Um, when we arrived, it was a, a lady that we'd not seen before. Uh, she was a lot more abrupt, not trying to name and shame anyone. Everyone has a bad day. 
Um, my wife suffers badly from travel and motion sickness and uh, I wasn't driving at the time either. I, I didn't have a license at the time. I hadn't passed my test. Her dad drove us in his erratic manner through the back lanes to Melton, at which point my wife opened the door and vomited straight away. Uh, got her in, like I say, the lady was a lot more abrupt. She said, no, you're not far enough dilated. You need to come back when the contractions are this far apart and you're this amount dilated. The contractions were that far apart. We explained that that's why we were there. Uh, my wife got so frustrated with the situation that she point blank refused to go back to Melton and said, take me to the effing Royal. Um, we drove over to the Royal. Uh, we were up through the night. Um, the following day, um, contractions progressed nicely. She wasn't dilating very much, though. Um I was told in uh, towards the evening that partners weren't allowed to stay on the section of the hospital that my wife was in um, before she goes up to the delivery suite because she, she wasn't up there yet. Um, with me not driving, I said, look, if she goes into labour, um, I mean, if labour progresses and she starts having this baby, there's a very good chance that I will miss it if you send me home. Um, so they disappeared off. Um, the woman kind of looked like she'd had an idea, but wasn't verbalising it. Uh, she left the room and came back and said, the reason that we don't allow partners is because it's a female-only ward. You're female, so let's get you a reclining chair and let's stick you both in this room. You can stay. Um, during that time, they offered my wife pethidine, which she took because she was going to be induced on the Tuesday anyway. She was booked in for an induction. So she takes the pethidine. We both fall asleep briefly. Um, they come in at seven o'clock in the morning. They, well, just before seven o'clock, attached a little clip to his head. Um, all of a sudden, I'm being woken up. <clears throat> My wife's being woken up. And we are being told very urgently, baby's heart rate has dropped drastically. We need to take you into theatre now. They only had one theatre open and that was currently occupied. So between just before seven o'clock in the morning uh, and about five past seven, they're opening a new theatre. Everybody's scrubbing up. They scrub me up. They tell me that I may not be allowed to go in if they have to put her to sleep. Um, I asked, how am I going to know? Uh, she said, stand at the end of that corridor in your scrubs and if you can come in, I will pop my head out the door, I'll stick my thumb up and you're going to have to run. So I agreed that. As they are rushing us down to theatre, they're shouting at people to move out of the way. They're running my wife down the corridor. Uh, at this point, she looks absolutely petrified and eyes like saucers. Now, I'm not sure how they asked this and whether or not it was said in the way my brain took it, but they asked me a question that prompted my brain to go, baby or wife, baby or wife, baby or wife. Now, back to the catastrophizing that you guys have spoken about so much during the pregnancy uh, with me suffering from bipolar and ADHD, I had already thought about this potential situation, as horrific as it sounds, and I, in no uncertain terms, told them to make sure my wife is okay. 
for various reasons. I don't know if other people will have made the same decision or comment or question, uh, answer to the question as I did. Um, but I needed my wife to be okay. If baby wasn't going to make it, baby wasn't going to make it, that would be the most horrific thing to happen to us. However, we would be able to get through it together and potentially move forward and have a family after restocking and take, you know, taking stock of the situation. Um, it was utterly terrifying, but he was in our arms by 7.31. So it was very, very, very fast. Um, after my wife received zero support. And the thing with an emergency C-section is, is that they tell you, everybody says, oh, okay, it's an emergency if it's not planned in, if it's not booked, if it's not elective, and it has to happen during your labour, then it's an emergency. What nobody realised is just quite how urgent it was. And my wife really struggled with the trauma of the delivery for uh, uh, many, many years until, in fact, we went to have our second child, both born by donor insemination and I did the inseminations FYI just because we didn't go through a clinic so there's a little interesting side story there um we uh went for an elective with our second and we ended up waiting in a waiting room for a majority of the day we were told to go in at seven o'clock in the morning uh we were there till three o'clock I had to sneakily eat croissants around the corner because my wife wasn't allowed to eat so there I was in the toilet eating croissants thinking I can't be hangry when this goes on I can't be faint from hunger when this goes on um whilst talking to uh one of the consultants for, for my wife's elective c-section she looked through the notes for the previous birth and said hmm you were you were in a lot of trouble weren't you last time you and baby were in real real danger Baby's heart rate was non-existent. Yours was very, very low. Have you had any support? Have you had any, uh, you know, aftercare for your first delivery? And the answer was no. I mean, the, the people at Leicester Royal were phenomenal. They were absolutely brilliant. And the lady who looked after Nadia in recovery for our firstborn actually looked after us for our second as well and remembered us after seeing her own handwriting on my wife's previous notes. Um, but the elective was a lot more chill. We had a, a playlist go in and that was the way we had our second baby. So there's padding if you need it. If it's not interesting, don't worry, I won't be offended. Um, I just really appreciate uh, you asking for our story. Thank you. Hello, I'm Charlotte. I'm 33 and um, I live in Ashby de la Zouche and my birth story is I had uh, my daughter via elective caesarean due to her being breech, which is quite uncommon. I didn't realise how uncommon it was. Um, I was told throughout my whole pregnancy that she hadn't turned and I kept thinking she will, she will, she will be fine. I'd done hypnobirthing, C-section hadn't even entered my mind because it's, it's major surgery, I didn't even want it, you know, it scared me quite a bit. And then when they said at 37 weeks, you know, she's doesn't look like she's going to turn anytime soon. They said they would book me in for an ECV where they manually turn the baby. 
um, which terrified me because I've heard it's quite painful. And then when I got there to have it done, um, they said, no, we can't do it actually because her cord's too near her neck. It's too dangerous. We would strongly advise that you have an elective cesarean. So I was booked in for one, was really, really scared. Um, but actually it was the best decision of my life and it was the best experience of my life. And I absolutely loved it. Um, Derby Hospital where I gave birth they were just absolutely unbelievable um so it, you know it was almost like a, a total 360 really of my whole experience because I'd gone from dreading it to absolutely waking up calm had the best experience ever you know the, the epidural scared me but that was fine my recovery was amazing I was out of hospital within 24 hours well I stayed in one night and then I discharged myself and um yeah, she uh, she was she was perfect, and it was the best decision for me. It was the safest decision for me, and I'm really really glad that I made that decision. I could have gone for a natural birth, but you know, with breech babies, it's always the unknown. She could have got stuck, and it could have been horrendous. So, for me, it was um, just a classic example of don't be uh, too sort of you know um, small minded with your birth plan because the unexpected can and will happen and I'm glad that it did because it turned out for the best she was amazing and my recovery was fine and um, I literally cannot recommend an elective cesarean enough to anybody now Hi there so uh, my name's Mel and um, you asked for birth stories um, my little boy's 14 months old now but uh this it, it my birth was so crazy i've never heard one like it um so i might as well dine out on it a little bit um so like amy i had a an induction um at 40 plus four i think it was um because he was supposed to be a big baby so we didn't let him didn't want to let him go too far over um three failed uh, failed pessaries later um and they said right it's not working we're gonna have to break your waters um and see what happens so they did that uh another 15 hours later they checked me and i was uh only two centimeters dilated so this is after being in hospital for for four days um so they said, right, we're going to have to do an emergency C-section. Your waters have been broken. We can't leave it much longer. Um, I'd had an epidural. So they said, all you need to do is top that up um, and, and we'll go and, and get him out. So, yep, fine. Not bothered about a, a C-section, to be honest. You know, I was perfectly happy to do that. Um, went along to the operating theatre, got all, all set up. Um, and as they started to get him out i realized that my anesthetic was wearing off um so excruciating pain i said to them wait wait just stop stop i can feel that i can feel that um but obviously they can't just stop they've got to carry on um so i had my c-section with half worn off anesthetic i could move my legs i had people holding my legs down to stop me from wiggling um and gas and air and that was pretty much it um and just like everybody else um the next day i had to look after a baby so fun times um i know you said two minutes i've gone a little bit over but it was a lot to explain cheers love the podcast by the way thank you baby number five um quite a straightforward pregnancy initially um but then probably from 
28-ish weeks, things started to go wrong, movements really slowed down, tapered off, and eventually the movement stopped. So I was in for regular scans, um, checkups, CTGs, um, I think LOI was my second home. Um, and this baby never moved. He was fine, he was growing, but he didn't move. And on scans, he didn't look to be moving, but the consultant reassured me everything was fine, um, but decided to book an induction just to, to get him here as safe as we could. So planned induction, in I go to be induced. Obviously, they scan you to check the presentation and everything. And this baby was now breached. The baby that never moved had decided to put his bum down. So it was back to the drawing board completely kind of messed the plan up so it was downstairs um, into antenatal for an ECB to have him turned which was horrendous in itself and then literally holding my stomach to walk up flights of stairs praying that he didn't flip round again straight into theatre um, had a controlled ARM while they were literally pushing him down into my pelvis so he didn't pop out again grateful waters whizzed back up into the room um, where they got me on the drip, everything was like top speed, just didn't have a chance to breathe. Um, this baby was becoming more of a nightmare, bless him. Um, towards kind of the end of labour, his heart rate really dipped and had a massive bradycardia. So the buzzers were all pressed, the room filled with people, and I was thinking, oh my God, what is going to happen? Because all I could hear was boom, boom, boom and my heart was racing um just praying that this baby was going to be okay so in the end they decided enough was enough they needed to get him out because he was literally there waiting to come out but i think he'd had enough i'd had enough so um on the kiwi cup goes to give him a little a suck out and um out he came absolutely right as rain screaming lovely and pink and alert um he just wanted to cause us a load of grief and um He's absolutely fine now. Um, I was all good afterwards. He was good, so it, it was a happy ending. So there you go. Um, sorry, it was a bit of a long one, but uh, I suppose there's a lot to tell. Hi, my name's Sophie. I'm from Nottingham. Um, this was, uh, what well, is, my third baby. So I've got two girls and a little boy. Uh, with my two girls, I was induced with both of them. One was pessary, one was um, on the drip. Always thought that was the most painful way to be induced. Turns out any labour is just as painful. Um, with my little boy, I had him on the 10th of June. Um, he was £8.7. He is absolutely amazing, um, although does not stop plus to feed him. Um, he, I was in, was going to be induced at forty plus two, uh, four weeks plus two days, and um, I went into the hospital. Sorry, I've got my two-year-old trying to pull and um, climb all over me. Um, <clears throat> I, um, what's the say? God, baby brain. Um, I was supposed to be induced, um, but when I got there, I started contracting. Um, and then within four hours he was out. Um, but basically I was in this random dress and a pair of Crocs. Um, I suffer from OCD, so um, 
I've got a thing about germs and contamination and catching something from other people's bodily fluids. Um, told the hospital this, also had a birth plan that included details of that um, from the perinatal team, which I self-referred to. Um, and they put me in a side room. They were amazing. Um, I, I've always been, I'm not scared of needles, but I'm scared that they're going to give me a dirty needle. Um, so they all showed me what they were doing when they were opening the packets, taught me through things. They were really good. I was at Nottingham City. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, they were like, oh, no, I don't think you're going to be far enough. I asked for the gas. They were like, yeah, you can't have the gas in the induction ward. Obviously, I wasn't being induced. Um, but they got me the gas once they realised that I was mooing like a cow. Um, I got to the labour suite with 25 minutes to go and basically gave birth to him in a random summer dress and Crocs. Uh, I had my sister's bra on as well, which I got all mucus and blood all over it to which she requested that I throw it away. Hi, Amy and Jenny. My name's Kate. Uh, congratulations, firstly, to both of you on the birth of baby bear in Eden. Um, so just to give you a quick rundown of my birth story, or shit show, as I prefer to call it, um, I had a really straightforward pregnancy, no complications. Um, I had dream of the magical water birth that um, sadly did not happen for me. Um, I was overdue, so I was exactly two weeks late at the point of having my daughter. Um, so 42 weeks when she popped out or was dragged out. Um, and so I was induced, um, which began with a pessary, which did absolutely zilch, um, and then went onto the drip. So had my waters broken when I was the drip. Uh, baby's heart rate wasn't agreeing with that drip so much and um, the room became flooded with doctors a couple of times. So I was prepped for an emergency C-section. Um, but thankfully, before it got to that point, we made the decision to go for a C-section when um, there was very little progression in terms of dilation. Um, so we opted for a C-section which in the end was amazing and yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, induction, shit, uh, C-section, brill, and recovery was fine. And yeah, so um, not the birth I felt like I was promised <laughs> by the um, all the stuff I'd seen on telly, but never mind. Uh, she came out in the end, dragged out, kicking and screaming, and it was all fine. Um, so yeah, that's me. Um, best of luck to you both in your motherhood journeys and keep up the great work on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Hi guys, this is Jo and this is my birth story in a nutshell. So I had about five hours of um, really mild like period cramps um, and but I was absolutely in denial about being in labour. Um, got to about nine o'clock at night and um, I, they weren't going off so I started to think well I'm, I probably am in labour I should probably get some rest after all my pacing around the house. Um, I laid down on a sofa to watch Family Guy just as it started I got the most horrendous pain shoot through my stomach. I uh, shot up and got a few more. We phoned the midwife she told me um, to go and get in the bath. I got in the bath which was rubbish um, and at that point 
and things were starting to ramp up a little bit. I was on all fours um, on the bathroom floor. My partner was timing my contractions. They were three minutes apart, one minute long. Um, I got told to go to the birth centre to be examined. Um, but at that moment, because I'd been in the bath, I absolutely had to moisturise my entire body before I left. Um, so I was trying to do that in between my contractions. Um, I then pulled on um, the nearest pair of trousers to me, which happened to be a pair of skinny jeans. Um, they were maternity, but even so, not the most practical. Um, got to the birth centre. My partner had left my hospital notes at home and had to go back to get them. So I waited for him in the reception area in the birth centre. Finally, my room was ready got into the room at half 11, was examined and was uh, four centimetres dilated so we could stay. Happy days. Uh, it got to about 12.30 and uh, my partner went to move the car. I started to feel really peculiar and thought I can't do this until four o'clock in the morning. Um, partner came back, midwife came in, I told her I needed more pain relief. She told me I could have an epidural. I said no. She said, oh, head's coming. And uh, 15 minutes later, my baby was born at nine minutes past one after being in the hospital for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs>